Yo, welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin IRL. Today we have a very special guest, Brady Swenson. He was uh, the host of Citizen Bitcoin. To me, in my personal uh, Bitcoin content creation journey, definitely was a source of, of inspiration for me, for sure. He was doing it uh, before... Uh, before he was doing it before it was even popular. So it's absolutely crazy. Before I bring him on, on the stage, I want to give a shout out to the Bitcoin companies that make this show possible. Of course, swanbitcoin.com. Best place to buy Bitcoin built by, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. If you haven't already done so, visit swanbitcoin.com today. And of course, Bitcoin 2023 is going to be the biggest Bitcoin conference in the world May 18th through the 20th, 2023 in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. You can take advantage of the promo code simply to get a big discount, 10% discount on your Bitcoin 2023 tickets. Anyways, I want to bring Brady on stage. How you doing, Brady? What's up, Nico? Long time no see. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> I see Brady every single day. Um, that's over at Swan. So, uh, dude, let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about your journey, bro, because I think you mentioned this to me when we were talking one-on-one -on -one about how when you started Citizen Bitcoin, dude, they, it, was, it, was, it wasn't like the Bitcoin content creation scene today. It was, there was nothing there. How was that like? Well, there, was some, there were some pods there that you know and love today, uh, but there were, there were very few. So I think, you know, Stefan was around, Marty and Matt were doing their thing. Well, it was just Marty at that point. Um, Pete had started his podcast. So this was early 2018. I just uh, sat down with a buddy of mine from this co-working space. And we started, we were talking about Bitcoin for all, all through 2017. We're like, let's just start recording, you know, our conversations, publishing them. And we were thinking it would just be like a way, like a forcing function for us to learn, you know, because we were, we had to know at least a little something about what we were talking about to put it out there into the world and, and to all of our 50 listeners. <laughs> and, uh, so we did that all through 2018, and it, I think we grew the pod from like 50 listeners to maybe 60 listeners <laughs> that, that year. It didn't grow that much, but we definitely grew. We definitely learned a whole lot about Bitcoin and about how to do it. And I got enough confidence to uh, start interviewing some of the big name Bitcoiners. I made a list of 10 Bitcoiners. I'm like, if I can get these 10 Bitcoiners on the pod, it's you know I'm going to make it. And I got nine out of the 10. And then I got the 10th, like episode 20 or something like that. So um, Bitcoiners are extremely willing, no matter how big the name you think, you know, might be, how big of an influencer they may be or whatever, uh, are extremely willing to support like new content creators on the scene. And I think that's still the case today. Um, so in 2019, started interviewing a bunch of big names, went to Bitcoin 2019. Uh, Christian Carolis CK from Bitcoin Magazine was kind enough to invite uh, this little pleb who had this little podcast to a rooftop beefsteak with a bunch of big heavy hitters. Um, and that's kind of where I started networking, uh, you know, beyond the pod and really getting to know people IRL, as the case may be. And, uh, you know, just, just went from there. So by the end of 2019, I was working with Corey Clipston on kickstarting uh, Give Bitcoin which was uh, the precursor to Swan, which launched then in, in March the next year. Uh, so crazy how things work. You put it out there in the universe, start making some content, talking about Bitcoin, and uh, and good things happen. Yeah, dude, good things happen to say the least, that's for sure. <laughs> but it's so like disconnected from 
like you know the the run of the mill like what we've been all I guess indoctrinated I don't know what other word to say but yeah. how you would normally get a job right you you apply you know you go through all these processes etc cetera, etc cetera. what I've learned in bitcoin was Twitter is your resume. Like, it, you know, the, the, your proof of work, better said, your proof of yep. work, specifically in the content creation field, is it is who you are. It is yeah. what people, how people perceive you. Yeah, it is. It is your resume. Uh, you know, the, the Bitcoin-only industry, which we can just, you know, shorten at this point to the Bitcoin industry, has only existed for a little while. I guess, you know, Swan was one of the first companies in the Bitcoin industry. And, and so we don't, we didn't have experience in the industry. Your experience in the industry was the articles you wrote, the newsletter you made, the podcast you made, and that was, that was your proof of work. And the, you know, Corey never, well, he did, but didn't really care that much too much about what I was doing before because he saw what was going out uh, into the Bitcoin world and, and that it was done with, uh, with passion and with some level of professionalism, I guess, you know, and, and you're doing it the right way. And we have hired uh, at Swan. Most of the many of the people at Swan have some kind of you know similar proof of work, and we hired them straight from Bitcoin Twitter. Uh, we've seen them out there representing their ideas, their thoughts, getting getting into the mix, and uh, and that's what we want to see when we're hiring. So it's it's uh, it's the proof of work, man. Yeah. So what what advice would you give to? Because I get this question all the time, and I'm sure you do. Um, what advice would you give to someone who really, really wants to work in Bitcoin and they look at, you know, these Bitcoin companies and they see themselves working there and they're just starting out? What advice, what recommendations would you give to them today? Because it's a different era. When, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, it is a different era. Well, I mean, I still think it's there, there is a lot of competition in the Bitcoin content scene for sure now. Um I don't know if it's necessarily competition. It's fr friendly competition, I guess. But there's a lot more of it now than there used to be. So it may be harder to, to make a name for yourself, but it's totally possible. I mean, look what you guys have done with, with Simply. And it's just a, a matter of, I think, really applying yourself consistently uh, to really get your voice into the mix, something unique. Like add something unique to the mix, to the conversation. And... If you can do that, then, you know, you put together a, a nice, you know, beautiful cover letter uh, that's, you know, shows who you are, your passion, why you are on the mission, uh, why you want to work with Swan in particular uh, when I'm hiring for Swan. And then you're very likely to, to get a call uh, with me. And then if, you know, you want to go from there, you'll run through the gauntlet of like five or six other Swans. <laughs> To get hired, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's similar even to what it was back in 2017, 2018. Uh, just be yourself, be willing to get out there. So, what has changed? Because we were talking about the different era. Of course, you know, I I know the answer to this question, but I want to I want to know in from your perspective, what do you think has changed in the Bitcoin media landscape? Well, I think the level of polish in the game is 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 rising uh, pretty quickly. I think Bitcoin magazine and and Swan are both doing you know great work. I think even uh, simply right is is just leveled up. I mean, you decided, "Hey, I'm going to take this thing to the next level and you guys uh, you and Opti have really uh driven this thing. Of course, it was started with Phil and and uh you know, I've loved it from the from the beginning, from the early days. 
Uh, but what you're doing now um, by just like really pushing with the right YouTube strategies, et cetera, and growing your channel is impressive uh, to see. So I think the game is, is being raised. I think we're uh, just like said through that friendly competition, just keep raising the stakes with each other. Uh, I, I would say that conferences too are a kind of a content kind of, you know, live content and lots of recorded content comes out of it, of course, too. And we were inspired by Bitcoin magazine to throw a great conference. And we were, you know, able to make that happen last year with Pacific Bitcoin. And there's lots of other conferences out there now that are becoming better and better, uh, you know, very well run, super professional. And that's, I mean, that's the case with conferences all over the world now for Bitcoin. Yeah, no, the, and the, you know, this was before I, I, I joined the team, the Pacific Bitcoin conference absolutely blew my mind. And what blew my mind about, of course, you know, everything put together, but, but blew my mind because I, I, I had a, an understanding of how difficult it is to throw events is the fact that you guys managed to pull that off the first time. <laughs> Just blew my, I was like, there's no way. What is going yeah. on here? I, I don't know how that happened either. I was just as surprised as you were. <laughs> we were, I mean, no, it, we, we had it. It was a, a level of sort of chaotic control just on the edge of chaos. And uh, it had to be that way in order to get it done. Uh, you know, Corey, his leadership style, he sees an opportunity and he just like points the team in that direction and says, let's go. Uh, like he, he likes to say, uh, it's a burn the boats kind of uh, situation, right? So you you land on that in that new the new country, and you just burn those boats. There's no going back. You have to make it work, and that's what happened with Pacific Bitcoin. Uh, Corey called us when we were all down in Miami, uh, and said, "Hey, we're gonna do this thing. We've been talking about it a bit." And he's like, "We're gonna do this conference. Uh, we we got a logo now. We got a landing page now, and uh, I want to start building up an email list for it." Uh, starting tomorrow. So let's let's make this happen, man. And that's what we started doing there at the conference. We launched it on Twitter, talked about it to everybody in uh, you know at the conference in real life, and you know started with like 500 email addresses and and went from there. We had to find a production company. We had to find a bunch of sponsors, uh, raising you know almost a million dollars in sponsorship money in a bear market in six months uh, was not easy at all. Uh, but happened, uh, you know, managed to make it happen. And then the conference was just, it was fantastic. I mean, the energy was great. We, you know, we did, we did our part by putting together a great show and a great venue, but that magic was, was all about Bitcoin and all about Bitcoiners. And, uh, so it's just, it was, it was a beautiful thing. No, I, I totally agree. And it was, it was definitely, it was definitely an amazing experience for sure. Oh, yeah. So Brady, one of the things that it, uh, you were, so, so basically you sent me this podcast, you were on the progressive case for Bitcoin or that, that, that's the name of the podcast. Um, if my memory serves me correctly. So and simply, we had a series we, we went up to like, I think it was three or four episodes where we would dedicate the entire episode and we'd call it the progressive case for Bitcoin and we would number the episode. And the reason that it was so fascinating to me, Brady, and I think we've had this conversation one-on-one. -on -one, was because what I what I tend to notice in the community is there's a more libertarian to put you know libertarian right leaning type of thing and I, I've always seen Bitcoin yeah. as all inclusive because it, it includes everybody so and that's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast today to talk about that because it doesn't get enough of a voice yeah so yeah yeah 
Well, yeah, I, I don't think it does get enough of a voice. I think it is very important. The cool thing about Bitcoin is that there's something for everyone to believe in. And while Bitcoin might have a rep for being a libertarian, you know, sort of having a libertarian philosophy, um, it's it does in you know in many ways, and I agree with that. And there were libertarians were amongst the first, like like the early adopters for sure, um, and and cypherpunks, etc. But we're seeing now a wave of political progressives uh, around the world who are really championing championing Bitcoin. Uh, for because they, it aligns with their progressive values, and by progressive values, I mean, you know, humanitarian and social good. I guess right, improving the world for people, especially people who are marginalized, who are poor, who don't have access to the assets that rich people have access to, um, for instance. And Bitcoin is absolutely a technology for. That, that will defend and enable progressive values around the world. So if, I mean, the, the easiest case is that we don't have access as, well, I won't say, you know, necessarily we, but the poor people around the world and in this country don't have access to real estate necessarily, to stocks necessarily, or to other assets that are wealth generating over generations gener to build generational wealth. So it's paycheck to paycheck for a vast majority of this country. And of course, then because of that international global cancel on effect uh, for most of the rest of the world. And if that is the case, then it's completely unfair. The playing field is rigged from the very top uh, from, from, the, from the dollar itself uh, on down through the rest of the world through dollar hegemony uh, in the United States, we have that exorbitant privilege to be able to uh, basically wield this power amongst other countries to extract the maybe wealth or resources from those countries that we want by being able to inflate the dollar, to put pressure on countries. Um, and because people don't have access to those assets, then they don't have anything to pass down. They don't have anything to build a foundation for their family and their descendants to be able to accumulate more wealth. Well, Bitcoin fixes this, and that is an absolute underlying value for progressives. And that's why we see more and more progressives out there, you know, carrying the banner for Bitcoin. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I hope to see more of that. Um, and that's something that we truly believe in our hearts at Simply is that this needs to become, this needs to be a bipartisan movement like this can't be just you know in one side not the other side obviously from a game theory perspective it's like when whichever political party is in power you're like you're gonna beat the guy you're gonna beat the guy on the other side that'd be terrible yeah. um what what do you think needs to happen because what i the trend that i've noticed in media at least brady is that the embrace from and specifically we're talking about tucker carlson of course you have this embracement and then from the more progressive media it's like as all they, they in a way that you can even say they demonize it because of its energy use. What needs to happen in order to change that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I agree with you. It's it certainly can be a partisan issue and and made out to be a partisan issue, and we're on the cusp of that happening. And you know, it's it it is not a good thing. I think that's what you you meant is that 
it sh we shouldn't let that happen or we should try not to let that happen. And that's exactly what progressive Bitcoiners are talking about is if this is, turns into a red blue issue in the, in the United States, then Bitcoin's going to see a lot more headwinds in terms of legal and regulatory, uh, you know, risk. Um, and that would not be that would not be good. So if we're talking about, you know, Corey's piece, the race to avoid the war, if we're talking about the race to avoid the war, that includes uh, having, you know, trying to build a nonpartisan or bipartisan, I guess, uh, either way works a bipartisan movement to support Bitcoin legally in this country, like passing laws that that will support Bitcoin or allow it to persist without being, uh, you know, stopped, essentially. I, I don't think Bitcoin can be stopped. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Bitcoin will persist. And I think over time, given given enough time, Bitcoin will become the global money uh, to, to build a, a, new, a new foundation for our global economy. But if we allow the race to run a little bit too long and we run out of steam before this war on Bitcoin sets in, and that I think is exactly what we're trying to avoid. I, I think we can do that by building up. Um, well, I, I think we need to have actual political like representation. Like we have, we have these you know organizations that are out there talking to politicians, doing their part to educate uh, people on both sides of the aisle, and not playing the red or blue game, but actually just going in there with the orange force, you know, with the orange pill. For, for both sides. And if you can create some bipartisan legislation, for instance, that declares very clearly that Bitcoin is a legal asset in this country, and maybe even eventually is illegal money in this country, although that, that's, that's going to be a bit of a reach. But that would be, I think, the ultimate outcome of a bipartisan effort to you know, support Bitcoin in this country would be a, a, a law that, that is passed that declares Bitcoin as legal tender uh, in the United States, maybe alongside the dollar. Um, and, and that is seems a far-fetched idea or very unlikely, and maybe it is, but Bitcoin's value for supporting freedom, uh, for enabling access to this, this new asset to build generational wealth for so much of the population of this country and around the world that don't have that chance right now, don't have that hope right now, then uh, it might be possible. It might be possible. Yeah. And I think, but it is, it's definitely a, at least my perception of it. And I guess, you know, in, in a way, like we are in the trench together because we are making Bitcoin media. What, so, and, and I love that piece by Corey and the, the number specifically, it's 10 million people, right? That right. he said that, that we need that, that minority that just won't bend on that issue. Right. And I can, I completely agree, but from my perspective, Brady, like, like, dude, like I don't really have any no coiner friend, like no coiner friends. Cause I, I can't, I don't even speak the same language that they do. And I, the, I guess the reason I'm saying that is because I believe that most people specifically in the United States are completely asleep to it. And they're so entrenched in blaming the other political side for yeah. their problems. And they completely miss out on the fact that it's really the money that's causing yeah. a lot of these divisions. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely true, man. It's the money. 
there, so I follow some, uh, you know, progressive people on, on, uh, on Twitter who are, they're not Bitcoiners. They're just out there in the political progressive scene. And I've been honing sort of my responses to a lot of their criticisms. Um, and it almost always, always boils down to it's the money. It's the money. The money itself is rotten. That's the root, right? It's not capitalism. Capitalism is not causing uh, this massive gap in, in wages and wealth in this country. And it's not capitalism. It's the money paired with, I mean, and if whether or not it was socialism or capitalism, with when you have a money like this, it's rigged from the top. It's going to cause whatever, you know, economically or economic organ order that you, you know, are find yourself in living in uh, to be rotten as well. And, and so if we can educate people about that, that's where it starts. Like if you look at every like Bitcoin education course, any Bitcoin educator out there, when you're thinking about how to like approach how to orange pill someone, every, everyone always arrives at the same conclusion. You've got to start with talking about the money, talking about fiat, the problems of fiat. Why is the money that we have right now bad and causing the problems? What's the harm? What's causing the harm? It's the money. What fixes it? It's Bitcoin. And then we can talk about Bitcoin. So I agree with you completely. Uh, we need to go out hard and not talk necessarily about Bitcoin right away, but about the just absolute travesty of fiat money. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that's the that's the that's the difficulty. One one of the things that I noticed, Brady, is convincing someone about Bitcoin, like, hey, look, uh, you know, it's Bitcoin, non-government money, peer-to-peer, -peer, 21 million cap supply. You speak to a Venezuelan about this, anyone in the global south, really, and they're like, hey, where do I sign up? That sounds like a great idea. But you speak to someone right. in the West, you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, it, it seems to be it seems to be working for you. Right. Uh, but that's the the cancel on effect is sort of has a has a veil uh, upon you. Right. Uh, you are closer to the money spigot as a, as a nation. Right. We think often about the cancel on effects here in the United States and, you, you know, corporations and individuals who have access to that cheap money, uh, cheap debt, we could say, they obviously have the opportunity to turn that into actual hard assets that do build generational wealth. Um, but that, again, happens that you have to extend that internationally. And so the people who are at the bottom of the Cantillon pyramid here uh, are actually have a pretty well off compared to people in Argentina or in Venezuela or in Lebanon, et cetera, et cetera, Nigeria, like it's essentially we're, you know, I mean, we're, <laughs> it's, it's monetary colonialism essentially. And, and that's why they understand because they have seen uh, in visceral effects in a very short time frame, right. That uh, the, the money is completely rotten. So we are sort of seeing the rot of the money happen slowly and, and it kind of it's insidious and you can't really tell that much. Uh, even when we're running hot at like 8% a, a year, it, it's like, okay, yeah, you start to feel the squeeze a, a little bit here and there, but, and it's groceries are more expensive. Everything's more expensive. You've got to start cutting, you know, cutting costs here and there, but it's manageable for the most part for, for much of this country. Um, but when you see, you know, 98% debasement, or loss of value of, of your of your wealth of your money, in you know a matter of months, 
then it's a completely different story. So we have this, we're just sort of blinded to what's actually happening here because it's happening to us more slowly. Do you think something needs to break in order for, for people to wake up specifically in the West? Or is this an educational issue? Is this just trying to get the message to pierce through, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's both. I think it's both. It, it would perhaps happen faster if something broke completely and the dollar hyperinflated. Um, but that would be a more painful route for, for everyone in the world to go. Um, that, but I think we can educate people. I think we can educate our way out of this. Uh, we have, we have the, the, I mean, a big part of it is we, we have the answer to the problem. So when you can go and say, Hey, like, let me open your eyes to what's happening here. And, and this whole system is rigged from the money on down. Um, and we have this, you know, technology, this tool, this money, this new thing that we can use to, to build it from the bottom up, then it, it's, I think, easier for people to listen to that, to that argument, because you have an answer to it. It's not just doom and gloom, right? There's a bright orange future ahead. There's some hope. So you can go and, and teach without, you know, just basically scaring the hell out of everyone. And I think that that makes the education more effective. So I do think that we can educate our way out of this. And I do think it's going back to the, what we were talking about earlier. It's important for us to have, you know, representatives from both sides of the political aisle to, to be educating their own constituents about what's going on with the money. And so if we can make that happen uh, and if we can kind of get that snowballing and I feel like that's happening right now, uh, you know, maybe over the next three, four or five years, we can see a big change in the awareness of, uh, of fiat money. We can start kind of piercing that veil a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and what's beautiful about that and, and look, and I completely agree. And look, what's beautiful about Bitcoin is that I think that it finds you it, it connect. It, there's common ground between the political left and political right. Right. And yep. I think that the common yep. ground is Bitcoin. And that's why I like to focus on that. Like, look, Stop about the distractions on the left, distractions on the right. But people are just so distracted. <sighs> no, I, I, Nico, like it's people want something to agree about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's there are these extremes on either side and they're they're loud and they don't go away during a political bear market because they, they, this is what they do, right? They're, it's, they're obsessed with the, the game, with the fight, with the politics. And I think the rest of us are, have so much apathy about the political system because of the, you know, the extremes, the debate on the extremes, that we want something to agree on. And that we can use to our favor if we can say, hey, look, we've got this big problem. It's a mutual problem. So everybody in the world has this problem called fiat money. And we can get together and support the advancement of this solution called Bitcoin. And we can do it together. Like that's some kumbaya stuff that I think like the world would really like be relieved. Most of the world would be relieved to see. A hundred percent. I completely agree. And and like, and just looking in the future, do you believe in, you know, the theory in the sovereign individual is that, you know, information technology, whatever this moving into this new era, politics themselves would become irrelevant. And yeah, I think Bitcoin is that common denominator. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, it, I mean, money is one of the main, you know, foundations of civilization. You know, it's like, like if you're talking about like organization, like how you're organizing your civilization, money's the foundation in my mind. Money comes before the political order, the legal order that comes, that follows in, in my mind. Um, of course, then, you know, there's, there's human, the human foundation, the humanity foundation, like just, you know, love, kindness, um, togetherness, that, that is, you know, kind of a different conversation. But when you're talking about how to order your society, how to create a peaceful and ordered and harmonious civilization, it starts with a money. You must have a solid money that cannot be debased or fucked with by, by people because people are fallible. We see over and over. We talk about this all the time, right? If you give control of the money to somebody, they're going to you know, use that power for, for, for evil, even if, even if it's not their intent, right? Even if it's not their intent. If their intent is good to try to use the power of the printing press to help people, then it's still bad, ultimately. Uh, you know, maybe it helps for a little bit. Maybe it's a Band-Aid and it helps for a little bit in the short run. Uh, but it's, it's not the right thing to do in the long run. So we need to prevent that from happening. We need to keep ourselves from you know, the, 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 that using that tool, whether it be for good or bad intentions, you know? So, yeah. Um, I, I think that's how we bring everything together that may, I don't know if there's going to be a post politics society, but I do think like, like Bitcoin will build a world where you can more easily opt in and opt out of, of societies. Cause you'll have some wealth, actual wealth that you can build up through your proof of work. And if you do the work, create something valuable for this for the society, then you'll be able to build up some wealth over time and you'll be more mobile, right? You'll have the actual freedom of movement because you have the wealth to be able to make that happen. So I think people will be able to more easily opt into a kind of a civil, you know, a political order um, that they like, a so political and social order that they prefer. And I think that you'll have, you know, all all stripes of of political and social orders uh in nations or states or citadels however you want you know whatever we end up calling them around the world and people will move about between them and sort of uh you know vote with their feet i guess you could say by moving from one uh place to another and how they want to live so that to me is it's like not necessarily beyond politics uh because there'll still be you know debate within those citadels about you know, the laws and, and how to enforce them and all of that. Uh, but there'll be, I think, these sort of shelling points of, of accumulations of laws and, and enforcement of those laws. And you'll create, you know, people and people will come there that pretty much agree, like, this is the way it should be. So I think, yeah, there'll, there'll be a more harmonious world because people will be able to opt in and opt out much more easily. Exactly. They can, they can just move, they can move easier. And, and there's something that you said there that really stuck in my mind, which was this concept of you'll actually be able to build wealth. And then if you look at it from the progressive case, when you were saying in the very beginning was, look, if you are low, I would even say the middle class, the middle class, your paycheck to paycheck too. The, yeah. the that nihilism that just you get infected with by not even not being able to think long term, I think is poisonous to human beings. I agree with you completely. You, you, you just don't have the ability to do it because you don't have 
the wealth to which look it, it's it it is hope right it ends up being hope in the in the end because if you don't have the ability to dream and you're you're the, just by your circumstances are forced to focus only on your you know the the next day getting through the next day the next week the next month that's all you can think about then you're not living you know the your best life you know we have we all have aspirations and hopes and dreams but if you can't entertain them anymore due to your you know economic inability then you know you're it, it's sad <laughs> it's just sad um but more people i think with bitcoin will be able to accumulate that wealth through in, in a fair way through their proof of work they'll earn it and be able to actually save it uh without having it stolen by inflation and um that just fundamentally changes everything from this sort of you're right this nihilistic um sort of tendency in a society to a much more hopeful tendency and and i wonder what that society will look like right this this uh ck calls it changing the operating system and i think that really yeah. hits the nail on the head yeah i like that a lot i mean that's that's it let's go from a it's, it's like going from like windows 3.1 to like mac os 14.3.2 or something like that there's a huge difference it's a massive difference in the uh, just the actual nature uh, and, and capability of of the operating system itself. Uh, it's a, it's it's a, it's magnitudes uh, different. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, right, I think we're both. I think all Bitcoiners are just you know watching in the side. You know that meme of the two people fighting, and then there's a guy hitting a bong in the back, and then Bitcoiners are just like yeah, yeah, yeah. witnessing <laughs> those two people fight. I think yeah. Bitcoiners are the guy hitting the bong in the back whatever <laughs> and then the clown world is the two people fighting bro it, it, are we witnessing the death of the nation say is this what it is because it, it's so blatant in your face like it's getting so beyond ridiculous i'm very grateful we have bitcoin because if not we'd be forced to care about politics yeah i don't know man um i think there's going to be like i said i mean i, I described it earlier i, I think there's some form of a nation state in the future. People are always going to organize around some sort of legal order and a way to enforce those those laws. It's it's. I mean, you could have maybe you'll have a nation state or a citadel or however we put it built around like crypto anarchy uh, um, or uh, some kind of anarchy. Right. That's what they. That's how they want to live. Like minimal laws, minimal enforcement of laws. And so there'll be plenty of people who choose to live in a society like that. They can go to that society. Any, anybody in the world, uh, you know, or a lot, a lot more people in the world, let's put it that way. I don't like to speak in absolutes because nothing's absolute. And when you're talking about like, a, like humans or human society in my mind. So a, a lot more people will be able to opt into the society they want to live in. And we'll see a, a lot more happiness because of that. So I don't think it's, I think it's the, um, death of, of empires, maybe. Um, so I, I think America, the American empire will come to an end as did the Roman empire. It, you know, I, I think it's going to be the end of this sort of global reach of power. Uh, and it'll be much more, um, decentralized, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think in, and I, I completely agree. And, uh, Mark Moss has this, has this case where he's like, this is peak centralization and we're now kind of like we're reaching the pinnacle and now we're going down. Um, I completely agree, but 
Brady, wouldn't you say that there's losers in that? There's losers in this decentralization aspect and specifically for the people that, you know, they've outsourced their wealth. They've outsourced a lot of their personal responsibility. Well, mm -hmm. How about them? Well, I think the people who are benefiting from the fiat world will lose. Mm. They'll be the last to adopt a Bitcoin world or amongst the last, right? Because they are going to try desperately to hold on to their what has empowered them and their family and their and, and for generations, right? Which is this fiat monetary scheme. And so most of them will not adopt early. Some of them already have, but very few, I think. Um, and, and most will hold on and, and listen to, you know, people who are saying like, Bitcoin is just rat poison squared and, and other, you know, other fiat investors uh, and magnates uh, who have who have been basically living off of this and stealing from the society for all of these generations, they're going to lose. But that's good. That's a good thing. They, they should. They deserve to. And Bitcoin will be there, be here for them. If they, when they see enough of their wealth deteriorate and Bitcoin adoption growing enough at some point, they're going to feel the pain enough to, you know, just to give up and capitulate and move all of their money, whatever's left, left of it, their wealth over into Bitcoin and they'll become Bitcoiners. <laughs> so we'll welcome them. I mean, Bitcoin's for everyone. Um, so, you know, it's, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to be among amongst the largest losers uh, in this shift for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. They're going to be the ones that fight the most in order. I mean, we're witnessing it, right? We're witnessing the, the rumblings from you know, the central bankers specifically. They're coming out with specific vocabulary, like unhosted wallet, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're witnessing, uh, yeah, an all out, I think, or what is going to become an all out attack on crypto and by crypto, I mean non-Bitcoin uh, crypto, and that's essentially un like unregulated securities. They're they're you know tokens issued or shares, if you will, issued by a central party, uh, and it's very clearly done for profit, and so they're very very clearly not uh, not legal securities, and so the SEC is coming after them, um, and stable coins too, for that matter. So. Gary Gensler is is definitely spoken positively about Bitcoin in the past. He's very clearly said that it's not a security. And the CFTC has very clearly said that Bitcoin is a commodity. So the that precedent has been set. I think that this political and legal attack on crypto, I don't even want to call it an attack. It's really like an enfor I guess enforcement of, of laws. Are uh, are going are going to reflect negatively on Bitcoin, at least in the short term, um, because Bitcoin's kind of in everyone's mind is mixed up in this, and that's why I think it's really important to to deliver the Bitcoin is not crypto message, right? Like we just said, like it's it's already distinct in American law, and it's distinct for all other kind, many many other kinds, uh, many many other reasons as well. So uh, I think that's that's a very important one. Do you, do you think, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, I, I keep hearing, whether it's governments, uh, just no coiners, 
they keep commingling the two, right? And they yeah. commingle the crypto industry and the shortcomings of crypto, which I believe is just fiat times 100. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they commingle it with Bitcoin. It's it's like, yeah, it's like non-private or it's like private, private fiat, basically. Um, yeah, they do. It's confused. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's I, I even heard somebody the other day um, confuse FTX for Bitcoin. Like they're like somebody thought that FTX was Bitcoin, like another maybe another name for Bitcoin, another word for Bitcoin or something like that, um, which was very interesting. So there's lots of confusion out there for sure. And it may, I mean, it makes sense. You go to one of these crypto exchanges and Bitcoin's listed there amongst all of the others. So it looks like it's just the same as all, all of the others. And so it, it's understandable why that confusion is out there. Um, but yeah, it's another thing that we have to do for, in, on the education front is make clear why Bitcoin is not crypto. I mean, the we talked about the, the legal case for that, um, but there's also obviously the the centralization versus decentralization case i mean there's only one truly decentralized crypto out there and it's bitcoin and everything else is centralized which is why they're illegal securities and which is why they are just fiat they're just fiat times 100 right that's that's all they are um i mean it's 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 criminal pure and simple on like so many levels so um I think we have we definitely have some education to do on that front. But as these cryptos come and fall, come and go, and every cycle, like there's always going to be new cryptos that are coming out as long as there are suckers to to buy them. But and I think that will be for for a while. But I think that it's clear now that we've been through a couple of big cycles with lots of cryptos, we can see that like most of them, and we can easily show that most of them don't last for more than a few years, if that. And Bitcoin's still here, right? And it's been here for 14 years. And that is a big difference between the two. Uh, the, these things are flash, flashes in the pan, they come and go. They're imitators, they are, they are, they're, they're, they're grifts. But Bitcoin is being taken seriously and continues TikTok next block, baby. I mean, it's here it's completely different so that will become more and more apparent and we will have more and more evidence essentially to be able to make that case to lawmakers and, and to the general public and educate them about you know just just focus on bitcoin stack for the long term and you know you're not going to be I, I don't think uh, you're going to be up, upset 10 years from now if you're stacking sats right now it's going to be a massive massive payoff for you uh and you're doing the right thing for the world you know, I, I completely agree. Stack sats, ignore the noise, Bitcoin, not crypto. Brady, yeah. one of the things that I always hear, though, is, you know, this the misconception is I always hear this. It's like, Benico, I'm late. I've missed the bus. Oh, yeah, man. That's been that. Yeah. What would your response to someone like that be? I said the same thing in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I can show you tweets of people saying it in 2011, you know, uh, it, it's, it always feels like that, but this thing is tiny. Okay. It's a tiny little asset. It's a little baby asset still. And maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not a little baby asset now, but it's like a, it's like a preteen or something. It's 14, right? It, it's, I mean, it, in the scheme of global, assets it's very small and it has so much room to grow if you look at ark invests uh 
you know, their prospectus for, for Bitcoin's performance uh, coming up in 2030, their, their bear case was something like a million dollars Bitcoin. Their, their base case was like 2.3 and their, their bull case was like $10 million Bitcoin. Um, and that's in today's dollars. So, and I, you know, I may be getting those numbers wrong, but the order, uh, like the, I mean, effectively, like they're close. So that's a lot. I mean, what are we, what are we at right now? $24,000. Okay. So just stack stats and hold it. This thing is being adopted. This is all about adoption. The more people who adopt it, the more valuable it gets. The network gets more valuable with every single user that comes on and starts using the network. That's the way the phone network was. It's the way the internet is, right? It's and it, it's more and more valuable. It's the network, network effect. That's what we have a law for it. It's exponential uh, with every person that comes onto the network. It's exponentially more valuable. There you go. Thanks for pulling up the numbers. Let's take 285. Oh, I was way off. $258,000 on the, on the bear case. I was super bullish. I was like putting the, an extra zero on there. Um, but still $682,000 on the base case and one and a half million on the bull case. This is 2030, right? Yep. 2030. Yeah. So those numbers are huge. Like that's 10 X on the bear case from here. Uh, you know, so thanks for pulling those up. I was totally wrong. I would have misled everyone, but still, it's possible. Two and a half million dollar Bitcoin is possible. Ten million dollar Bitcoin is possible. Maybe not by twenty thirty, but if you have a, a, I think honestly that those numbers could could be bearish if you think about exponential growth of a network, and I think that they, you know, might. You've got to put out numbers that look real, somewhat realistic to investors if you're an if you're, if you're an organization like that. But in ten years, you, you know, Bitcoin has so many use cases and use cases that we don't even understand yet or cannot cannot predict. Um, that you know, pretty much every person in the world will have a use for this, and and not just one use, but like many many uses for it, just like the internet itself. Um, if you had a share of TCP/IP uh, back in like you know, the eighties or something, what do you think it'd be worth today? You know, like a, a little piece of that, like a token that represented that, uh, that protocol. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be worth a lot. So, <laughs> uh, I think the numbers could be even bigger than that. So I, I just, it's not too early is the, is the bottom line and not, nor will it be too early in 2030. And, and do we, we don't necessarily need to think about it as being too early. Like a lot of us think about this thing as an investment, but there's a lot of use cases outside of investments to, to, to use it in the short term, right? To use it as a, as a, a method of payment, a method of moving remittances around the world in much faster and cheaper ways. There's all kinds of use cases for this that like, uh, you know, zapping on Noster uh, is super fun. And it's actually gaining steam. People are doing it from uh, giving content creators uh, sats, like just because they liked their post a lot, enough to go beyond just, you know, liking and sharing it, they're actually sending some sats in a few clicks. I mean, the, the user experience on on uh, on Noster and Domus and and Zap or and sending Zaps are amazing right now. Already, like already, it's gonna just gonna get better. They're gonna they'll have a built-in wallet. It'll be much more. It'll be even more seamless. You know, just gonna keep getting better. So the use cases are so abundant. I see you hanging out on Noster a lot, and you're tweeting about it. Uh, what do you what yeah, do you, what do you like about it? What's the significance of something like Noster? Well, it's 
it's freedom of, of data essentially. Like you can, you can do and say whatever you want and no one can stop you for, for better or for worse. That's the world we're moving into. That's the world that cryptography enables for us. And Bitcoin's done it for money and Nostra's doing it for communications and, and it's integrating immediately with Bitcoin because they go hand in hand with one another. They're both freedom technologies. And I, I think it's beautiful watching Bitcoiners build these sort of crypto-based technologies that are, are uh, you know, during bear markets. Like bear markets we're building. You know, I, I asked on, on Nostra the other day, like, what are we going to build during the next bear market? Like, what's next, right? Now, I got some interesting answers. Like, one was, um, you know, let's build our, a, a new food system, right? <laughs> Bitcoiner, let's figure out a, a, a way to build a network of, like, sustainable ranching around the world and be able to trade and, and be able to support it, you know, um, outside of this kind of fiat industrial um, food, you know, complex, essentially. Um, th there were, yeah, there's just so many ideas out there that you could use. That, that's not a crypto-based idea, but I like where people's heads are at on, on building these new networks, even if they're real-life networks, in using the Bitcoiner network. So I've been thinking a lot about that as well, the Bitcoiner network and how valuable it is. We talk about the value of the Bitcoin network, but the Bitcoiner network is also extremely valuable. Like, Think about investing in this network now with your time by getting to know these people and helping helping people, providing value for them, becoming friends with them. And you can see that, that value exponentially increasing 10 years from now. Um, well, let's just say in 2030, the value of knowing a bunch of early Bitcoin adopters and being friends with them and, and having done business with them is going to be ins insanely valuable. Um, so it's not, it's not just the investing in an asset here. It's investing in a new way to organize the world and a new vision, hope and freedom. I mean, it's, that's what we're, that's what it's happening here. It is akin, I think, to, um, you know, the founding of the United States and other, you know, creations of basically new ways to organize ourselves. And I think it is on the order of, of those kinds of advancements for humanity. I think that the freedom, the Bitcoin, that Nostr and that other crypto-based technologies and that the people who are adopting those, those networks early and sort of shaping how they are presented to the world and interacting with one another to build in real, like real life networks are extremely valuable. Everything about that is valuable. It's just, it, it's, um, it's stacking value. <laughs> Uh, on top of on top of each other. So I look forward to continuing to be friends with you and working with you over the the rest of this decade as we as we build build out Swan and become the first, you know, consumer facing Bitcoin company to go public and and help lead that charge for this industry. Um, and we are going to we're going to meet so many more people and make so many more uh, friendships and business connections. And this network is going to be, this Bitcoiner network is going to be uh, extremely influential in shaping our future. 100%. That made me extremely bullish. If that made you bullish, go to swan.com right now and stack some sats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. So, Corey, I, I, no, I just called you Corey because I read it in the chat. Right. 
I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, okay. Um, oh man, no, that's an inside. I was going to, I was going to say the, the names that I've been confusing, but that's between us. Um, so Brady, um, I want to use the last part of the podcast to talk about the future, what you foresee. And of course we are talking about the future, so it's speculative in nature, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, let's go. What do you see yourself as the future of Bitcoin media? Like what, what, what is the future of Bitcoin media? Where is it going? I have my ideas. I've talked to you about my ideas. You've talked to me about your ideas, but what could you tell the yeah. audience? Well, we have a really exciting project going on at Swan that I can't quite talk about yet, but I think that Bitcoin media is, I mean, it's just going to become the media. I think that it's goes hand like education and uh, production and media production goes hand in hand with the like promotion, like the spreading the adoption of Bitcoin, obviously. Right. So we, we have, like we were talking about earlier, this sort of education problem, this hurdle that we have to get over by teaching people first about the harms of fiat money. And then second about how Bitcoin can fix it. Um, then it just makes sense that your marketing as a Bitcoin company should be education. So you should just be teaching people because the more they know, the more they're going to buy. It's good for your business. It's good for Bitcoin. It's good for the world. So you should just make a bunch of education and put it out there. So I think that that continues to be the path that Bitcoin media uh, will, will be set on. I think we'll see eventually the creation of like a CNBC made by Bitcoiners. You know, well, I think we'll see... A, a sort of a, a political kind of channel, not, not just not politics in that sense, but a political, social sort of focused humanitarian type uh, programming, comedy, all kinds of stuff about just thinking about how we can build this new world. Like, what are the possibilities now? Let's explore them through media. Let's explore them through, you know, fiction, comedy, nonfiction, documentaries, all of that. Let's, you know, think about these things and do it in an entertaining way, right? Because that's how we have, and we can have fun uh, thinking and building, building out this this new world. So I think Bitcoin media is going to just be a kind of reflection of the media that we see now, but it'll be more hopeful. It'll be thinking about the future. It'll be talking and discussing the possibilities that Bitcoin uh, presents uh, to us. And I think it's it's going to be really cool what's going to happen uh, over the next uh, the rest of this decade, like you know. The sky's the limit because the resources are going to be coming in as people continue to adopt Bitcoin, and uh, we will continue then to just level up um, our media production, our education efforts. Yeah, and it's definitely that's definitely what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out Hurley in the in the chat. Yep. Yeah, shout out Hurley. Shout out Hunter. Shout out Brecky. Yeah. Shout out the whole team. Yeah, everybody in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. Um, but yeah, I've been watching you. I've been watching you over there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this makes me incredibly bullish. And, and one of the things that I've 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 noticed, uh, Brady, and I was just about to say Hunter, but I I caught myself this time. Nico confuses names. That's what he does. <laughs> um, so one of the things that makes me incredibly hopeful and bullish about independent media is that. Unlike the legacy media, which we've seen definitely go, yeah, hashtag Nico can't speak. That's right. He can't speak, but he does it anyways. Um, so <laughs> um, 
one of the things that I've noticed, Brady, is that a lot of the legacy media, it, it, I don't know, you could say lie, but that's putting it nicely. Um, but they're so compromised. That's the word I was looking for. They're, they're so compromised. And what makes me so bullish about independent media, specifically Bitcoin independent media, um, is that's not the case. That's not the case whatsoever. It's like, and is it because Bitcoin is the foundation and Bitcoin is true? Maybe I'm going down my own rabbit hole, but. No, I, I think you're, I mean, you're onto something there. If you look at how, you know, media is funded, I mean, it's funded by, by fiat, the fiat system, right? It's all advertising. It's usually larger corporations, especially when you're talking about like cable network news level. Um, it's, it's often big corporations who have access to cheap debt from big banks who get it for super cheap or free even from the Federal Reserve. Well, that's, you know, you're, if, if you're funded by fiat, then you're going to have a sort of a fiat mindset, right? You're going to be, whether you think about it or not, you're going to be supporting that system that's, that's supporting you, right? And so Bitcoin will be the same way. We'll, we'll be supporting Bitcoin and we'll be supporting that system and that network because we are uh, able to produce this, uh, this media because of, because we're selling Bitcoin, right? We're exchanging, we're helping people move from fiat into Bitcoin. And so that will provide uh, resources for quite some time for us to be able to, to build out uh, great educational media. And so then it just comes down to the question, like which, which do you want to support, the fiat networks or the Bitcoin networks? And which will have like more, be filled with more uh, hopeful content? Which will be filled with more pessimistic and nihilistic content. If you turn on those 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 uh, those networks, it's there's so much doom and gloom. There's so much uh, just nihilism uh, there that it's it's hard to watch. And I don't for that you know for that reason. Um, but by nature, Bitcoin media will be I think more fun and hopeful and uh you know educational entertaining 100 percent, and it's almost as if that type of media is the embodiment of fiat and then bitcoin media yeah. is the embodiment of bitcoin oh that's a that's a big that, that's a that's a large thing to say but anyways yeah no i think it's on point i think it's on point brady this was an absolute blast thank you so much for for, Thanks, for joining me today i had a great time uh why don't you tell everybody where they can find you uh what you're working yeah. on nowadays etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah absolutely so you can find me at citizen bitcoin on twitter i'm brady at swanbitcoin.com on the email um citizen bitcoin on telegram as well uh yeah so we've got um kind of reorganized things a little bit at swan whereas i was uh heading up uh marketing and education before and uh the events team that emerged last year as well um, sort of split off. So we have an events team now and, and Mark, uh, Brandon is heading up uh, marketing for, for Swan Personal, a retail division. And uh, we've created this new uh, division at Swan called Swan Media. And I'm the head of Swan Media on which uh, Nico is part of our team. And uh, we get to focus on, as we were just talking about here in the last 10 minutes, we get to focus on making great Bitcoin media. And it's an absolute privilege and honor uh, to be able to do so. Don't take it lightly at all. Come to work every day to just make the most of it, make, make the most of this opportunity. So you can check out our work uh, on the Swan YouTube channel. Uh, you can check us out on, on Twitter and on the socials. We'll be a lot more active on uh, social media Coming up soon, we're going to hire a, a new social media person 
Um, we've got a couple of uh, front runners and I'm really excited because we haven't had someone to, to really focus on, on social on outside of Twitter, um, for maybe ever. <laughs> so, um, so really excited about the potential there for us to really spread Bitcoin education to LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok, et cetera, and really reach a, a bunch more people. So, uh, watch, watch for that as well. Um, my other podcast Swan signal that I started, uh, when, when Swan, uh, began in March, 2020 ran it for 90, 96 episodes, I think, uh, is now being hosted by the great Sam Callahan. So that handoff happened, uh, a few weeks ago, which is really exciting. So I'm, I'm out of the podcast game now. I'm just, I guess I'm just going to do, I'm going to be a guest now, guest only, uh, at this point, which is great. It was, it was an amazing run. Um, got, got me to, to where I am today, uh, through, through the podcast, through podcasting, but ready now to kind of step back behind the scenes and, and help, uh, help build with these, uh, amazing content creators. You guys heard it here first. Brady is going to be a, a, a regular guest on Simply Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime you want. <laughs> oh, man. Brady, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, yeah, you guys heard it. Swan is dropping amazing content. Check out Shorties. Check out Swan Signal. Check out Hard Money. It's coming in hot. Yes. Hard money has been amazing, right? Yes, it's been, it's, it's coming in. It's coming in great. Uh, Brady, thank you so much for, for joining us guys. If you want more Bitcoin content, uh, BTC sessions about to, uh, about to start, I am going to join him in a little bit also. So we'll see you over there and also check out Swan Bitcoin, check out simply check all Bitcoin content. It's freaking awesome. Spread the, support it all. Spread the peaceful revolution. All right, Brady, thank you so much for, for joining me, man. Appreciate it. See everyone. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow on another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live, 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love you all. Catch you all later.